Do you consider yourself resilient? And what does that mean to you? In this podcast, Resilient Entrepreneurs with 241, we chat with business owners about what resilience means to them as they share their inspiring stories and life lessons. What we've learned running our own businesses, you're never alone, even when it feels like it. So tune in anytime to this podcast. We're always here for you, celebrating resilient entrepreneurs just like you. We're Lauren Vicky from 241, a marketing company for early stage business owners who want to launch, grow, and be resilient. Natasha Price and Adam Shepard are the brainchild and founders of Invincible. And we are so excited to be talking to them today. Invincible is an organization that exists to empower all people to discover passion and purpose, to embrace challenges, uh, to adapt and overcome obstacles. Here's what makes their work even more meaningful. They create positive and impactful change for people living with disability by helping to make disability visible. Adam's a a para-athletics coach, retired wheelchair racer, and former Australian record holder. Natasha, or Tash, I think as she prefers to be called, is an elite wheelchair racer, author, and an award-winning entrepreneur. She created the program Live Invincible, Embrace Your Challenges to Adapt and Overcome, which is for able-bodied and people living with disabilities. They're an award-winning business that exists to make an impact, which is exactly why they're here talking to us today. And their philosophy is to empower, inspire, and create the kind of change promoting diversity and inclusion in the workplace and in society as a whole worldwide. Hey, they also have a podcast, guys. Wait for it. It's called Two Cripples, One Pair of Legs. Reckon reckon that's something that needs to be heard. (laughs) In this episode of Resilient Entrepreneurs Podcast, we're going to dig into Tash and Adam's why. What got them here, the trials and tribulations they've overcome personally and professionally. They're both living with disability themselves and what resilience means to them. Welcome, Tash. Welcome, Adam. We are so excited Thank to be you. talking. Hi. Great Thanks. to be here. Thanks for having us. Listen, share with our community, if you would, why you were called to create this business, Invincible, and what, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> so for us, we created the business four years ago, well, certainly I created the business four years ago, and it was it was initially set up as a, as a product-based business in order to try and design and invent products that could be sold online to support those with disabilities. I, I saw a bit of a gap in the market and was working towards that. When COVID hit, things kind of took a little bit of a, a back turn and like everybody else we had to figure out a way to pivot and change the way we were doing business because suppliers were weren't easy to come by materials or expensive shipping costs all those things were making the business not really very viable at that time and um, around about then I met Adam Adam who initially was just supposed to be my coach and my athletics coach I guess we just really really hit it off and people started saying to us guys do you think you'd be able to come and speak to our group about motivational stuff about your story about Mm -hmm. the impact that you guys could have and do you think you could come and do some accessibility consulting for us based off your lived experience and we were like yeah cool why not you know yeah sure we can do it I guess we've always 
both been the type to just say yes to things, that's when the best things happen. And I guess the the business has just taken a life of its own since then. More and more work coming our way, us saying yes and more to more and more things. So so that now we do motivational speaking. You do your passion and purpose training, Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. I do mine, the Live Invincible Resilience Program. We do Invincible Motivate. And of course, we do a lot to try and build allies to disability. So we Mm -hmm. do our Invincible Aid Program program which is accessibility inclusion diversity and education and everything we do it's two sides of the same coin really we're trying to show everyone out there that just because you have a disability doesn't mean you're different to Mm -hmm. anyone else we want to build a life where everybody is, is is empowered to go out and chase the life that they want regardless of what their ability is and at the same time go out and motivate people to be happy to be joyous and to embrace their challenges and and adapt and overcome yeah gosh and in your work and your blog you talk about motivation and I really like the way you position it choose your motivation like we're all motivated by something by different things Mm -hmm. exactly Um, 100% What advice do you have for people who might be in this audience, maybe feeling a bit flat at the moment or a bit alone, which is very common for entrepreneurs? Maybe they're in a funk. Like, how do you find that motivation? I think the program I run uh, is is called Wi-Fi, and it's all about helping people discover their why and their passion and their purpose. And I think it's really important for people to live a, a great life and a fulfilling life and have direction in their life. And particularly for those, you know, if you're feeling in a bit of a funk or to gain some understanding around your own why and what what you're here for and where your passion and your purpose lies. Yeah, I guess everybody has those intrinsic motivators, mm-hmm. those those things that motivate them from deep inside. Yeah. And look, like the one thing you say with your program is stoke that why with fire. You know, you wanna you wanna give passion to it not just have a why not just have a reason but kind of keep stoking it so that you keep keep that fire burning so that you have that reason to get up every day you have that reason to Mm. keep chasing your dreams and Mm. the only way you can do that is by figuring it out and knowing exactly what it is honing on it and then use that as your the fire in your belly to keep you going yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah we talk a lot about using your intrinsic motivators so you know the stuff that you're really really passionate about the stuff that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up in life to to pull you to move you forward and you know and to pull and you know and everyone ends up in in those funks and like as you said so it's using those things to to help pull you out and, and keep you on the on the track yeah yeah what's your why my why is my my son my son fletcher he's five and basically being the best dad and the, the fittest and healthiest dad I can be for him. Yeah, that's it. I guess your story mm-hmm. has, has really made you realise just how important Fletcher is to you. I mean, yeah. not that you didn't already know, no, but, but yeah. yeah. So in 2018, I ended up in hospital in renal failure, which was a little bit of a, a shock to wow. me. And on the third day, the doctor came in and he said to me, I'm putting you on the same drug Lance Armstrong used to cheat with. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, love it. That's awesome. <laughs> but in the same breath, he said to me, another two or three days at home. And he said, you were just going to go to sleep and not wake up. And um, at the time, my son Fletcher was not even a year old. So that was a real, 
a kick in the pants, I guess you say. Not that, you know, I, I wasn't living a bad life. I wasn't doing anything bad. But, you know, I, I had no, you know, aside from him and my wife, and I, I didn't have a purpose or a reason. I didn't feel like I had a reason or a purpose. And so everything I do now revolves around a good life for him, showing him a good life how great and showing him how great life can be. And, and you know, for me, being around as long as I possibly can for for him. Yes. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. How do you help people find their why if they haven't had a monumentous kind of trigger or tipping point like that? Well, finding your why is different for everyone. It, mm. it is. It's truly different for everyone. Not everybody, as you said, has had like that that big thing in their life. The adversity kind of it, it often shapes your life and, and it can shape your life in positive ways um, if you allow it and you, and you use it in those positive ways. But everybody has had some kind of challenge in their life. Everybody. Some people's can be greater than others, but quite often that honing in on that and realizing the things that you were feeling at the time that you were going through those challenges will actually help you to figure out what your why is. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I was bed bound for nearly 10 years by a, a, a rare disease that I didn't know I had. I woke up one day blind in both eyes within, um, within a couple of weeks, I was paralyzed from the waist down. And that experience kept me in a not not in a negative way but kind of um doubting my own abilities and doubting my ability to go out and lead a life that I wanted and that kept me in that situation for much much longer than it needed to now that I've managed to make those changes in my life my why is to show other people that they too can have a great life as long as they've got the the tools and the, the the ability to be able to do that and I don't ever ever want to see anyone feel that they can't do something just because of what their perceived abilities are or the thoughts and feelings and opinions of other people are mm. so my why is very very much about making sure that nobody feels that sense of hopelessness that I felt during that time so by understanding what I went through, understanding what my thoughts and opinions were at that time, I've been able to really, really hone in on the difference that I want to make in, in, in the world for others. Yeah. And I think that is the best way for anyone to figure out what their why is, wouldn't you say? Yeah, kind of absolutely. understanding your own thought, thoughts and feelings mm. around something, not just, it, it can be quite a deep process mm. but once you figure it out it makes the world of difference it really does mm. is that where coaching helps like when you coach somebody to help them find it is that part of that process yeah 100 yeah, and I think and also because it, everybody's situation is different everybody I mean quite often you'll find parents that their kids are flying the nest yep. and they're like oh my God, my, my kid has been my why my whole life and yep. now I don't know where to go from here. I feel flat and, and I'm not sure what to pursue now. But we, we, we help people to figure that out because as important as it is to put your child front and centre, at the same time, it's really, really important to understand yourself. Exactly. And if you don't understand yourself, then you can feel much like you don't know what your purpose is and, and what to do now. So helping people to figure out for them personally what their intrinsic motivators are and what they feel passionate about in, 
inside and figure out the new goals in life. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we do. Yeah. I think this would be so relevant for people who might have suffered through a business or experienced a business failure. Um, maybe, yeah. you know, you, you're left kind of thinking, oh, I thought I was on the right path and, yeah. you know, now it's all fallen apart or it feels like it's falling apart and people do reflect around the end of year and beginning of years as to what their life purpose is. So it's such a timely yeah. conversation and, and um, yeah. I think it, it really impacts everybody. Is there a time that you, especially during that experience you, you described, I mean, 10 years bedridden? Mm. That's... Mm-hmm incredible and then to see your the achievements and accomplishments and incredible things that you've done with your life since there must have been many times there where you felt like quitting no no I I think I am a very stubborn determined person and like (laughs) you'll account for that I never had that point where I was like oh I can't go on I don't want to do this anymore I'm I'm sick of it whenever I I feel that or start to feel like things are really really tough I tend to try and switch my thought processes on things so if I feel like I'm failing with something or feel I'm not doing enough then I'll I'll check my feelings and say actually what are the positives that I'm gaining from feeling like this right now what are the positives that are happening as a result of the challenges I'm going through now so Yes, my story is one of adversity and of challenges, but I only see that as a positive. It's all positive because that shaped who I am today. It allowed me to meet Adam. It allowed us to start the business we have now. And and we're going out and making an impact every single day on people. And had this stuff not happened to me, I would have been doing what I was doing prior to everything happening, which wasn't, wasn't fulfilling and it wasn't something that I was passionate about so you know I think we can both safely say we both wake up in the morning with with fire in our bellies and and, yeah exactly do keep doing what we do yeah Yeah. exactly that's exactly how every entrepreneur should feel when they get out of bed right that's so exciting to hear you say that and yeah I mean I think you know sometimes we can't quit sometimes that's not an option but it's great to hear yeah. that you spin it. And I wonder, not spin it, you interpret it <laughs> that way as a positive. And yeah. is your yeah. philosophy one where I often hear from great thought leaders about um, psychology and mindset is that your thoughts aren't always true? Your feelings aren't always true? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. What's going in your head isn't always an indication of reality. Mm. I, I think everybody everybody has you know, imposter syndrome or, yeah. or, or those, that little devil that sits on your shoulder trying to persuade you of, of things. I think the most important things that, that we can tell ourselves as human is those are just thoughts. Mm. And your thoughts, when, when they're negative, shouldn't always mm. shape your actions. And it doesn't shape reality and um what's actually going on on a day-to-day basis so trying to keep check of yourself and keep check of your feelings is really important isn't it but like you were saying before you you do you need to check yourself and and reflect back on on you know we we talk a lot about celebrating every success um and yeah that's really really it's a really really important thing to do particularly for entrepreneurs because you know often we're going alone or you know our small our teams are only very small so when we have successes it's really really super important that 
we have something that we can reflect back on and go, yeah, that was a really great moment. Yeah, remember the good stuff. And that good stuff only needs to be something small, like successes can literally be getting through your to-do list on a day. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy for people to forget just how important it is to celebrate the small wins as well as the the major wins because it's those small wins that keep you going, that keep you feeling positive and um, making sure that you reflect on those and don't constantly reflect on the negative. That's the way to keep moving forward. And I think you tend to see more of what you think about as well. So when you're seeing more of the positive, you it definitely yeah, brings more back you to you. Manifest it, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you guys do like for your own self? Do you have any morning routines? A lot of successful entrepreneurs have some crazy morning routine. Or is there anything in your day that you do consistently that helps you to stay positive and to, to stay in the right mindset? Uh, we'll say the same thing yeah. here. Well, we're both up at 5.30 every morning to go to the gym. And on average, we spend an hour and a half to two hours in the gym of a morning and just exercising, stretching, whatever. We generally have a routine that we do, but some days it's just about getting in there and getting on the trail and, you know, on a grinder and moving our arms or it just depends. But that's, I think I could speak for both of us and say that without that, when, if we have a day where we don't have that, we both fall we're in both the... we're both horrible to be around. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't go to the gym today. Neither did you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and and I mean, on top of that, as as an elite athlete, I'm also training another two hours a day um, in my race chair. So we make sure we're very routine based. We mm. have to be um, in order to fit everything in. But that training that is what keeps us both 100%. both kind of mm-hmm. able to focus on. On everything that we need to do in each day because we lead incredibly busy lives yep. <laughs> yeah is the gym um customized in any way or how do you work that we found a, a gym that works really well for us that it's a really big space so it's very easy for us to get around lots of equipment and for us lots of adjustability in the equipment as well so things we can pull down <clears> to <throat> our level or lift up or yeah, you know, highly adjustable stuff. So we can. I've been pretty lucky that over the years I've learned ways of adapting equipment to I, the way I need it to be. But um, yeah, we've certainly found one that a, a gym that's really good for us and um, yeah, and easy Absolutely. to use. Yeah. And as wheelchair users, you get used to having to adapt. You do. You, you have to be flexible. You have yeah. to figure out ways of making it work whilst it would be lovely for the world to be totally inclusive and accessible it just isn't and we've got a really really long way to go before it's that however there are some gyms that are much better than others at um at the you know especially the newer bigger gyms mm-hmm. at providing equipment that is really quite accessible to us so we're very lucky with it we have one very local yeah, to us exactly. yeah yeah so uh, you do advocate on accessibility, yes, and tr- trying to get the society a little bit more user-friendly, I suppose. Where do you think we yeah. are with that, like on a scale of 1 to 10? Probably 5 or a 6 maybe. It depends in the on where you are in the world. So the UK mm. is, is very, very inaccessible, I guess, because of the age of the buildings. Everything's retrofitted. In the newer areas, of course, it's different, but everywhere's so old. So it can be quite challenging to get around. And what I love about Australia and what I love about being here is just 
the Gold Coast itself is um, it's a newer city, but also they're, they're working really hard to make the city an accessible place to live. And yeah, there's a long way to go. It, it, considering we say, we say that it's still mm. only at a five or a six, it, yeah. there is a hell of a long way to go, but it's still so much better than so many other places. places yeah. yeah, We had an interview with somebody yesterday and, you know, it was odd to say, but, you know, the aim, our aim really is for us not to have to have the conversation with access about accessibility and inclusion. Yeah. The ultimate goal, I guess you could say, is that it, for accessibility is that it's just there and it doesn't even have to be a thought for people. Yeah. It's, it's just done. So we're looking for, you know, not equality, um, equity would be nice so that the tools are all in place for people to have their needs looked after regardless mm -hmm. of what they are. But the main aim is liberation where the barriers don't even exist in the first place, where it's just accepted part of society that we're all treated in an inclusive manner and accessibility isn't even thought about. It's not an afterthought, it's just there. And and that's the way the world should be. Yeah. So so many people live with disability, over 20%, sorry, around 20% of the population. So why isn't it taken into account more often? Yeah, that's a really good question. I didn't realize it was that high of a percentage. So that's yeah. really good to know. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think the most important concept is for success in business? Passion passion is obviously important. Yeah, passion, but a willingness to just give it a go. I think in business and in anything in life, people are so controlled by their fears. Mm -hmm. They're so concerned about getting things wrong that they don't give themselves the chance to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the reason things work so well for us is because we say yes. Yeah. Just say yes. Mm -hmm. Just honestly, just say yes. If it doesn't work out, who cares? You've given it a go and you've learned mm -hmm. something yeah. and you can apply that learning and that knowledge to a different thing. Nothing will ever work if you don't try it in the first place. Yeah. So don't be don't be ruled by that fear. I, I guess let go of those fears and use those fears as a, as a driving factor. Generally, if you're scared of something, that's the time when you should do it because it will generally lead to something good. Yeah, yeah would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We tend to be scared more of what the fear is than of the thing itself. Exactly. Right? The fear takes over. Um, or the, yeah. the potential shame or humiliation of something not working out. Yeah. What will yeah. they say? And what how, will I say about myself? What does that mean about me if I, if it doesn't work? And how amazing would it be if it worked out, though? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's so and exciting. And, and if it works out and you achieve it, then that sense of the, the sense of self-worth that it gives you and the sense of confidence and knowing that you've given something a go and it's yeah. worked, it's it. it it overtakes everything. And like I said, if it didn't work, then you've learned a lesson and that knowledge can be applied to other things. So there's never ever a negative, not really. Everything works out in the way it's supposed to work out in the end. Mm. What scares yes. you guys? No, that was a good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. What scares you? Oh, what scares me? Um, heights. Heights. <laughs> yeah, heights. Yeah, yeah. Not being enough and not being around for the people that rely on me when they need me is, is probably my biggest fear. Oh, you're going to get me all emotional now, yeah. poor bugger. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> but, yeah, for um, me, that, that'd be it. It's, it's a really tough question for me because – I don't fear a lot, do I? I'm no. not. I, I'm not a person that is 
controlled by fear. And when I am scared, I make myself do it anyway. I guess for me, more than anything, I'm scared of going back to backwards to where I was with with my health and, and not being able to continue leading this life like I could have a relapse at any time um I was I was told that I'd probably only live five years if I was lucky after my original diagnosis and I guess that's part of the reason why I'm so driven because I know that there's an expiry date and for me I just want to keep keep pushing beyond that but yeah I guess I guess there is an element of fear there because I I want to be able to leave this world knowing that I've I've achieved these things and made a difference mm-hmm. and yeah conti- continued on this path that that I love and I guess that 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 is the biggest fear is leading is not being able to lead this life anymore it's mm-hmm. um you know because we, we lead an incredible life so yeah yeah. yeah yeah making an incredible impact oh wow you guys um, if you could go back in a time capsule and talk to yourself 20 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? This is funny. This is We actually ask a very similar question yeah. in our in podcast. Our, yeah, yeah. And I've never actually thought about how to answer it myself of you. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be just say, and we're all about just saying yes. And for me, it, it would be just say yes. Stop overthinking it. Stop worrying what other people think. Just do it. Just say yes, because that's where the magic happens. It's true. And I think for me, 20 years ago, I was actually making myself very, very sick because I was controlled by eating disorders. I, I had really bad anorexia and I was type 1 diabetic and I wasn't taking my insulin to try and control my weight. And I think what I'd say to myself back then is stop worrying about the stupid rubbish. Like, none of that stuff matters. Your body image is not important. What really matters is happiness and fulfillment. Find a way to be happy and find a way to stop being so desperate for control that you're doing that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I I think that's what it came down to is is I felt like my life was out of control and that was the only way to to be able to regain some control of it. So I think I would have told myself, don't be so bloody ridiculous (laughs) wow i can imagine you guys are the very definition of resilience it feels even silly to ask you what your definition of resilience is because you're i think my definition of resilience but what does resilience mean to you guys you know a lot of people think that resilience is about constantly being positive and happy Mm. and that's that's just not the case resilience is about being able to pick yourself up and keep going even when the chips are down Mm -hmm. even when you feel like you can't keep going on it's finding that way to keep managing how you feel in order to keep moving forward each day and and that for me the definition of it it's keep moving forward even if you're only taking baby steps or in our case no steps at all (laughs) Um, but keep taking those small steps to move forward even when embrace your challenges and Mm -hmm. find a way to adapt and overcome because that that is how you become resilient yeah absolutely yeah I think for me it's about riding the waves and enjoying the journey and keeping an eye on the uh, having one eye on the prize at the end yeah yeah absolutely it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and you've got to enjoy it. There's always going to be times when it's not enjoyable, but, you know, keeping an eye on the prize at the end and, and 
to, to the best of your ability, enjoying every part of the process is, uh, is important. Phenomenal, guys. Phenomenal. Tash and Adam from Invincible, you truly are invincible and resilient and so many other descriptive words. Um, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you in person, well, on Zoom in person. And, yeah, listen, I'm a big fan. I'll be listening to two cripples and a pair of legs. Two cripples, one pair of legs. One, one pair of legs, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's the podcast name. Yeah, I'll be tuning yes. in for sure. And uh, we really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and experience and vulnerability with our community today. And I know that people will have gotten so much from this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it has. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Lauren Vicky from 241. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.